Sure. Well, a very good morning, new creation. So good to be here. Um, I've seen some familiar faces. Carlos, it's good to see you. Yo, you are out there, so I'm glad to see another familiar face, so I'm not lost. <laughs> it's good to know, uh, you know, you know, more people in the congregation. I've been here a few times just for meetings and so on. So it's great to join you this morning. Friends, I, mine is a conversational, uh, you know, type of topic around fatherhood. Um, I'm not here to to give you like a fiery sermon. I might get, just get worked up, but if I do, please uh, bear with me. Sometimes I veer off and I preach black, you know, I go to the township a little bit. I do, I do appreciate a bit of amens, but in some of the um, content here, you, can, you could find anas, and it's like, fine, it's if, you, if, you, if it is ana, you can just say ana instead of amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I guess um, if, the, if you guys don't say amen or ana, the dove will. The pigeon, the pigeon will. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, well, well we, um, are we there? I'm, I'm clicking. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Right, slide two. There we go. Um, we had hotlines. We, we're about, um, now we just, we, we have different programs that we have been championing. What's your story is one of them, which is really about, you know, saying, you know my name, you know my story. And it's about, you know, creating the sense of unity and social cohesion across race, across ethnicities, and all the differences that exist in our, in our nation. And we've been, we've seen a lot of, um, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, progress when people have come together to share their personal stories and dividing walls sort of like coming down. Jesus displays it and he actually uh, lives it out in his ministry. We see it in his life's ministry. So I just want to talk to you this morning about Father's Matter. And it's about promoting the active positive presence of men in the lives of children. It's Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. I'm going to read it in this translation. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, this version says, Parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. The message translation says, Fathers, take your children by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. He says, Fathers, take your children by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. I'm going to play a, 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 a video, a short video, just, uh, a, you know, a bit of a, an, an, an anchor of what this campaign is all about. We did this, uh, a couple of us at work, and just talking about our fatherhood journey. Have a look at this. My dad never loses an opportunity to say, you're gorgeous, you're intelligent, you are everything in a bag of chips. Having my dad around was so important because he taught me what I'm worth from the perspective of a male. He has given me a lot of strength. Becoming a father. Wow. God, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of being a father. I try to change things. I want the best for my kids. My grandpa is very nice and I love him. It's a great joy to be a grandparent. In the work that I do with offenders, you can see that there's a huge gap 
that is missing. Like you see that a father figure is needed for them to be better persons. If I could be a tenth of what my father was, uh, I'll probably be the best father in the world. So, 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 so this gentleman at the end there who says, if I can be a tenth of what my father was, I'll probably be the best dad in the world. He shares a story about how his dad was the primary caregiver while his mom went overseas to go and, um, and, and, and to, look, to look for greener pastures, and she would send money home and so on. You know, very interesting dynamic there, but the dad was actually the one who was giving care to them and so on. And Lereo uh, Komfono, my colleague, you know, listened to that, and, and it, it took him straight to his heavenly father. He said, if I can be a tenth of what my heavenly father is, I would probably be the best dad in the world. Isn't that amazing? So my, my question to us is, 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 do fathers really matter? Do fathers matter? I, I know we're saying yes because uh, we're in church. But in fact, when you ask that question, if I ask you, do mothers matter? The question would be, are you crazy? Are you nuts? But if I ask, you know, if we were not in church, because I, I guess people in church, they give you what you are looking for, right? <laughs> but if I ask you, Anywhere else you to say, do fathers matter? The, the response would be, would be, would be varied. That like, mm, we're not sure, mm, not quite sure if they matter. And we did, we did, we did uh, a, a bit of research. Um, we, 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 we read, um, you know, peer review journals, and this is what we found. Very interesting here. We found that children who grow up without an active, positive, present men, not just fathers, men in their lives. They are at a significant risk of being victims or perpetrators of violence, including GBV. Drug and alcohol abuse, mental health disorders, teenage pregnancy, and poor educational and economic outcomes. It is a picture that you see when uh, that Pilanensberg game reserve was actually set up. They brought elephants from the Kruger, and this uh, herd arrived with just females and the young ones. And uh, they started seeing these little ones misbehaving, uh, taking uh, 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 tourist vehicles and just, you know, wreaking havoc, havoc in the game reserve until they sat back and, 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 and began to, to just assess, what did we do wrong? They said, you know, mistake number one, we did not bring a bull with this head. They went and fetched a bull. And when they imposed that bull in the head, these little ones began to behave. So, you know, that is an interesting scenario, but I wonder if you look around South Africa, you look around our townships, our suburbs, our homes, because the bull is not there. The young ones don't know how to actually behave. So, over 60% of children in South Africa grow up without a biological father present in the home. In fact, this 20, 2016, the um, uh, uh, Home Affairs recorded over 65% of children who were recorded there, there were no records of a father with an unabridged certificate. So what are the barriers to involvement of fathers? Well, friends, the nuclear family is not the norm. There are low marriage rates in South Africa, 
high levels of unemployment and migration between provinces, and the legacy of apartheid. And the legacy of apartheid. Now, that's why we say fatherhood is very complicated. <laughs> it is very complicated. Nuclear family not being the norm, you know? A dad and mom in the same house is not a norm anymore. Low marriage rates are often... I joke about this when I ask my young people, these young men, like, like work, work, working class, you know, young men say, just say, guys, when are you getting married? They'll say, ah, Braoli, man, Lobola is expensive. <laughs> it's complicated, guys. It is complicated. And these are the things, you know, just to speak about, you know, m- migration between provinces, you find fathers who are living in, you know, working in another province and, you know, children are, uh, I, I live in Gauteng, you know, and he's in, in, in the Eastern Cape. That's just the, the nature of, of, the, of, of, of the situation. Then the, the other one is um, the last one there, the legacy of apartheid. It's a little bit of an uncomfortable one in South Africa right now because we like to sweep things under the carpets. <laughs> and you know what? We've gotten so used to sweeping things under the carpet in that even the injustices that are happening right now, we still sweep things under the carpet. And I think platforms like this, the church, we, need, we ought to be the ones who are like Jesus. Turn the tables around and bring the whip, you know? <laughs> and I even thought, I don't know, I don't know about you, but if you don't, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? That guy? He's a, he's a strong man. I mean, one guy to whip everyone in the temple. So I think Jesus would actually speak very, very strongly about this topic. I'll tell you why. There's a workers' museum in, in Johannesburg. And in that workers' museum, you will learn about how Johannesburg was not, not only built by men in South, in South Africa, it was built by men from other countries. In fact, there was an aeroplane. These men in Tanzania were told, get on the aeroplane. You're going to meet Mlungu in Johannesburg. And when they hear this, they, when they hear this in their language, Mlungu in Kiswahili means God. They arrived in Johannesburg, they found a white man with pistols and, uh, and batons, and they forced them to work for a menial wage, and you had to arrive at a particular time, and you, you dare miss that calf you were tied to a tree. That tree is still there today. So as Christians, the sooner we actually acknowledge these things and continue to repent, Anneke Rabe, uh, she calls herself a housewife in Pitratif. She actually went to parliament to pray and repent of the unjust laws in South Africa, an African woman. And she does a powerful ministry of feet washing. We need more anakarabis in our country. Fathers Matter Research, we found that there is a knowledge gap. We as guys, men, gents, we don't know how important our role is. We don't know. And it's not just men, but it's also women. We don't, they don't, there is no, there is a knowledge gap as to why, how important our role is. And then provision, there is, let's believe that men's only role is to provide financially. There's ATM father, you know the ATM father. If you don't have money, don't come, right? And, and then there's a skills gap. Uh, men don't know how to do it. 
We don't, we don't know how to do it. And I could go on and on. There's a, there's a funny story that I share about a, you know, a rural man back in the day. He would just sit on the chair and get his baby presented after that nursing period. And he would hold a nobkiri. And then they say, this is your baby. And he would say, ha, this is my baby. And he would take the nobkiri and, you know, poke the child with the nobkiri and say, hey, you laugh. So, so they, they, and, and these things are modeled to us. Whatever gets modeled to you is what you actually see as a reality. Are we together? It's an extreme example, I know. But you know what? I have to just go there. Resources. Key institutions, institutions in our country, including hospitals, don't know how to actually involve fathers. Public hospitals, for that matter. My two children were born in a public uh, institution. My son... Discovered us a, a, a healthcare center. I was allowed into the delivery ward. Many men ran away. They balega. I was there. Right? And I established a touch the minute he popped. And me and that guy were like this. You know, the Zuma thing? Like this. Me and him. And he would sleep on my bosom. It was beautiful. I enjoyed the stage. I don't mind nappy changes. My daughter was a C-section baby. My goodness. We were at uh, Rahima Musa. I was allow- not allowed to go in. It was a very scary experience sitting in that dark corridor. When those doors opened with this, by that stretcher, it felt like a Hiroshima bomb had just went off. And I stood up, you know, got a fright and checked if it's my wife and my daughter, and, and indeed it was. She was shake, shaking under the anesthetic, and my, my daughter was in the incubator. Uh, I was not allowed to touch it. And I walked them to the next uh, ward, and I was told, you don't go further than this. In those three months, when, while she was being nursed, she could not stay for more than five minutes in my arms. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. So the, 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 these are complex issues, my friends. Lastly, some cultural practices such as intlaulo and lobola can be barriers. Remember, we have unemployment. Now, intlaulo is damages. You know, when you have impregnated a girl out, out of wedlock, you must pay the damages. Don't think you will do it. You will get your access to your child mahala. You must pay the damages. And these things are very complex. You find that some of these things they put high. Uh, prizes to this, the high cost to this, and so it's, it, it becomes a barrier. So, so I just want to chat with you guys about the eight key messages that, uh, oh my goodness, what is happening? New creation. Yeah? <laughs> I, I want to chat to you about the eight key messages, and then um, I'm going to share values to pass on to our children as we wrap up this message. Are we, are we good with this? Are we, are we flowing? Okay. The first one is a father's responsibility is more than providing money. It is more than providing money. Let us actually unlearn this. And it's, this issue, this topic, it cuts across the board. White, black, Indian, pink, whatever it is, it affects all of us. It, it affects all of us. And so this concept of provider needs to be interrogated. Provider. Because some of us, provision is just new, chele, the money. And we need to unlearn that. It is more than providing money. And where mothers and her, where mothers and the, her family are, are gatekeepers, because gatekeeping is a reality, ways needs to be found. 
to give the father access to his children. This includes creating opportunities for involvement. Is that, is that fair? Just to give him access to the child. This one right here hits me. The father's involvement can promote the well-being of a child. Remember, there's mental health disorders. When I am there, I'm providing stability and identity from my children. I tell them who they are. The scene from uh, Blood Diamonds always pops up. When that boy had been, had been turned into the child soldier and now they eyeball each other, him and his father, and he says, this is not who you are. That's what a father can do to their son and their daughter. This is not who you are. Friends, there are improved social health and educational outcomes when there is shared attachment, especially in the first thousand days. The first thousand days is at conception and to about two and a half to three years old. My attachment, so, so, so and, and I, I shared this in Limpopo with some men, they're like, hey, what are you talking about? I said to them, you need to speak to the baby in the mother's womb. Brush, brush, come on. And enjoy that moment because you are actually establishing attachment. And you know, some of these things, as I said, they are modeled to us. They are modeled to us. And what some, another man said, I can never do what I, what I never saw my father do. And so Alvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century are, are, are not those who are unable to read or write but those who are unwilling to learn, unlearn, and relearn. So we need to learn to unlearn <laughs> and then relearn new behaviors. And it helps to actually stretch across my, my racial, uh, racial divide. I stretched across to Brian Helsby, who's now you know, battling ill health right now. May God heal his, his body right now. Brian, he's was 74 years old, and I reached over to him. There's so much similarity in terms of our lived experiences. You know, his, his, his boyhood is similar to my boyhood. And God helped me to actually reach out to Brian, and Brian was able to teach me some things about some of the things that I thought, man, this is just how fatherhood is about. And how I, you know, there was a time when, my, when, when we were dealing with the issue of repeating a grade, and he said to me, Oli, speak to your son about your failure. Speak to your son about your failure. That attachment is very important. Both men and women can learn to care for children, including nappy changes. Uh, you can say, hey, Nargens. All right? And um, the shared decision-making and good communication between parents is essential for the well-being of the children. So, 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 so as, as, as couples, we need to actually, uh, uh, you know, learn how to actually resolve conflict in an amicable way. And we're actually modeling it to our children. And by so doing, we're actually, we're actually developing responsible citizens who one day lead this country. It starts in the home. Charity begins at home. Amen, Aina, hallelujah. Amen. Number seven. I like that. I like that. Seven, social fathers can make a positive difference. And the last one is the supportive network such as the church can promote the healing for people who have a father wound. Some of us are carrying the father wound. We've been carrying it for too long. And the Lord wants to heal you. This space here is a safe space for us to deal with our father wound. I grew up without one, and I'm thankful for 
incredible men who stepped in to help me on my healing journey. So we've read that, um, uh, that, that verse in the beginning, but I, I just want to share some verses. I just now you think that this guy is just coming to, to talk, talk, talk and not open the Bible. Look at, look at, look at uh, 1 John 3, 1, speaking about father, our Father God. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. 1 John 3, verse 1. Psalm 103, verse 13, my favorite, and there was a revelation here with uh, my son. He says here, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who love him. And the repeat of uh, Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, take your children by the hand and lead them to the way of a master. Now, Psalm 103, verse 13, I took my son for his first immunization. Ah, they had to do their thigh thing. Two long needles, they were probably this long. <laughs> I looked at them. It was my wife who had to comfort me and say, it's going to be fine. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> that pain is nothing compared to the pain I've just gone through at birth, right? Relax, relax. <laughs> I looked at these things and it was like a slow motion as they, were, they went in. It was like, whoop. They pulled them out. As they pulled them out, the man started crying. She did not jump. I jumped and I took him and held him. And that moment, Psalm 103 became a revelation, fresh revelation. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who love him, who fear him. That was fresh for me. And this is an old text. It says to me there was a time when a father's role was not just being macho, go hunting and so on. There was an emotional side to the father. Amen. So I want to touch on the key values we, want to, we, we need to pass on to our children. Creating a sense of identity and, and belonging. Essential skills we need to pass on to our children. Help them on a journey to independence and then see, teach them generosity. Now friends, in terms of creating a sense of belonging, uh, we need to, 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 looking at this verse here, uh, let the children come to me. Jesus, children actually felt at home in the presence of our, of our Lord. He says, let the children come to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like this. So, in creating a sense of, of belonging, uh, we, we need to, what, 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 what we as fathers need to do is to make children feel loved, cared for, safe, and special. Believe in them even when they fail. Believe in them even when they fail. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Amen. I'm moving fast on these ones. What we need to do also is to, to, to be present in, our, in their lives and spend quality time with our children, dads, and give them continual positive affirmations. This is difficult. It's not easy. It is difficult. Uh, do I have time for a, sorry, for a video? For those of you who come from, from Tukasedai, Mnet Days, remember this, this show? Will it play? Yeah, it play. If I have to stay home much longer with the kids, I'll end up having a full-scale relationship with them. Uh, I spent almost 20 years avoiding that. <gasps> That's it. That's exactly what you got to do. What? You get the kids to bond with you. Hey, hey, hey. If I wanted to bond with my kids, I'd be a mother. Uh, I'm a father. It's my job to remain remote and distant at all times. Yeah. What you're saying goes against nature. That's the point. 
Um, son? Yeah, I'll go somewhere else. No, 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 no. Um, you know, I was just thinking, when was the last time I sat down and listened to my son play his guitar? Never. That long. Well, I guess you've learned a few new songs since then. How about playing one for your old dad? Uh, okay, okay, um... Uh... Oh, is this your little ampler thingy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me listen. This, this is one I wrote for a pretty girl I always liked, but who never knew I was around until I played this song. He's wearing an apron, man. I love this dad. He's wearing an apron. <laughs> so we spend quality time when we, 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 we give them continual affirmations. And friends, we model positive values. The next video is a bit more serious than the, than the previous one. Have a look at this. A couple of days ago, I was stopped by a traffic cop for speeding. He asked me a couple of days ago, I was stopped by a traffic cop for speeding. He asked me for a donation. And I agreed to give him money. Driving away, my daughter asked me, why did you give that man money, Dad? And I said, because I'd done something wrong and I wanted the problem to go away. The impact of it only hit me a day or two later when I'd given her a scolding for telling a lie and she walked into my study and offered me ten rand of her pocket money, saying, is this enough to make the problem go away, Dad? Must have a code that you can live by. What would you have said? At First National Bank, we believe in the value of values, not just the value of money. Because a nation that has no values is a nation that has no wealth. I partnered with Heartlines back in 2006. They put this advert with their own money. With their own money. Because inspired by that uh, eight... Uh, values that we had the nation talking about, they said, we've got to do something. They went and commissioned an advert around this, which is really incredible. So friends, uh, we, push, we, we, we move on, passing on essential skills. Proverbs 22 verse 6, it says, train a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not turn from it. I've, I've had this, this Bible verse being used uh, to make us feel guilty about bringing children to church. And that's not what it's about. Train, it is about skills, building skills. So if my father was a mechanic, it should be, I should know the, you know, the, the intricacies of, 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 of an engine and how to, how to actually at least do the basics you know, in, in, in terms of fixing cars. You're passing the skills to your children. Brian Helsby shares about his dad. He said, my dad never really spent time with me. I don't remember one conversation with my dad. But one thing I've, 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 
acquired from my dad, he taught me how to service my, my 1965 Beetle. He said my Beetle, his Beetle had this Snoopy, uh, Snoopy drawn all over it. He ne- not once did he take, take his car to the mechanic. And that is what it means for me. We can argue about the theological, my, my theology, but I think training is really about passing on essential skills to our children. Are we together, friends? So we need to help them discover their, their inherent skills and teach them some of the skills that we have learned. We also need to... Um, um, yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, throw that in. I've got my laptop here open there, and I realized that there is a missing text there. We also need to give them room to explore and try and even fail. We need to encourage them to discover their values and strengths. Amen. Number three, we need to help them on their journey to independence. Help them on their journey to independence. The first one is we need to model accountability. So, so, so the process is moving children from dependence to independence and ultimately to what? Interdependence. So we need to model accountability and help our children understand that all actions have consequences. I think we're living in a society where there are no consequences. So we need to step in as fathers and fulfill those roles. Amen. And then we need to give them roots, friends. Give them roots, stability, and security, and give them wings. The opportunity to develop and grow. Right? And we need to, to set appropriate boundaries, especially in the early years. If this is not done, don't step in much later in life trying to bring these, these, these boundaries. It will be too late to apologize. <laughs> Never thought that song would be a, you know, spoken like this in a sermon. Should I sing it? Too late to apologize. No, no, don't go there. Don't go, don't go, don't go there. Don't go there, Oli. So, so, and, and, then, and then what we need to do, we need to deal with conflict and disciplinary issues in love. And do not fight unnecessary battles. Brian Helsby says to me, Oli, don't sweat the small stuff with your samkato. Don't sweat the small stuff. If the room is untidy, okay, fine, dead. I know, I know you stress about t- untidy rooms. If the room is untidy, it's okay. Because what happens is that my voice becomes like what? Or some of the kids, the young people here are like, yes. No, 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 no. Tidy up your room. <laughs> if, so he says to me, he says to me, sometimes your voice becomes like uh, monotonous. So by the time they, they, they make a big boo-boo, like exploding with cigarettes or something like that, if you try to reprimand them there, it will be like, I'm used to this. Are we together? So that, that really helped me. So the last one that we're going to deal with as we bring this message home, teach them to be generous. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. I think we need that as new creation, isn't it? Stepping out of our comfort zone and to reach out to those who are less fortunate. And how can fathers do this? Motivate our children to adopt positive values of generosity and service and communicate positive values such as sharing and trust. It starts early when they have to share toys and things like that. Amen. And then create uh, you know, opportunities for service in their community. Take them out of, you know, we become middle class and we actually become comfortable in our middle class lifestyle. Right? 
Dr. Ben Okri, that, that beautiful African writer, once said, if the rich continue to ignore the poor, then violence is the only language they'll have to live by. And unfortunately, we are seeing it in South Africa, where those who have less than, they actually respond or react through violence. We need to reach out. Amen. Expose your children. Sorry, I didn't throw these things on the screen. I, I, I apologize. Create opportunities for service in their community and expose your child to the world of those who are less privileged. Amen. So as we bring this to a close, I want to leave you with some questions. As a parent here, as a father, what type of father do you want to be? What type of parent do you want to be? Some of us are single mothers here. What can you do to fill the gap of missing fathers? I'm speaking to social fathers here, you may not have children of your own, but there is a tap on your shoulder to step in. There's a holiday club coming, I know. We need dads to come in. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know those, that, those children's ministry workers, where they, wherever they are with the kiddies, they feel this voice. They feel it. We need you to step in. Because some of the kids, in fact, during COVID, I was reflecting on it with another youth leaders uh, platform we were meeting via Zoom. Remember there was like this, this uh, message that came from the president. The days of kissing and hugging are behind us. Remember that message? And uh, I said to them, this is devastating for young people. Because the only meaningful hug they would get is at a youth group. Yeah. And some of them come from our homes where we are not, you know, because we act when we come here. When we get home, some of our children, our teenagers, aren't feeling that affection that is so much need. So let's take that with a pinch of salt. But as new creation, you've got opportunities, and I'm glad you're creating those opportunities for involvement. Here's another question. How can you allow... God to heal the wounds in our lives. How can we allow God to heal the wounds in our lives? Psalm 68 verse 5 says, God is a father to the fatherless. And then what is one personal commitment do you want to make as a father yourself today? So I just want to leave you with that.